Fly casual. <laughs> you are a top nerd. I love it. I love it. Oh, all right, here we go. What's up, everybody? Thanks so much for tuning in to our Enjoying the Journey podcast. We have another episode for you this week that I am extremely excited about. You know, we're only a week away from Christmas, which means if you haven't gotten your gifts, you better get going because the clock is ticking. Why do I know? Well, because my wife and I have this conversation every day and I'm reminded how we don't have all of our gifts done yet. It's true. We don't. But I have a gift for you today. This episode of Enjoying the Journey is one of the most raw, honest conversations I've had yet. You don't want to miss today's episode with our friend Nick Hall. And as always, as you listen today, I hope you find a little bit more joy in your journey. Excited that you have joined us today on Enjoying the Journey podcast. We have, I want to say, a young man with us, even though he's probably, he's younger than I. That's why I can say that. Who has accomplished a ton in a short amount of time, in my opinion. And so if you haven't heard of Nick Hall and Pulse, then I don't know where you've been living because they have been making an, <laughs> an impact all around the U.S. and all around the world. So I am so happy to have Nick Hall with us today. Nick, I know you have been a passionate evangelist that has reached millions. And I, I know it's millions because I've been at a lot of your events. Uh, can you share with us right now what, what's on your heart? Yeah, well, Rob, thanks so much for having me on. A big fan of you and your work and uh, just your passion for uh, the gospel and the good news of Jesus. I remember back in the day, I think I first heard about you and you came to my church in Fargo, North Dakota with a group called, uh, fourth Avenue Jones, I think yep. is what they were called. Or was it fourth Avenue Jones? You're right. I, I am so impressed right now. Yes, it was. Four, yes. And Hawk Nelson. And then yeah. our buddy, uh, who's a freestyle skateboarder, Tim Byrne. Tim Byrne. Yep. Yep. And so I remember that and I just was like, man, this is awesome. And uh, yeah, so just love, love that God, you know, uses people from North Dakota or Iowa or Minnesota. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I love to, I love to remind people, right. He uses the foolish things of the world and uh, to shame the wise. Yeah. I mean, I would say right now, man, in my life, I think like a lot of people, 2020 has just represented like a, a massive shift of focus and refining. And, you know, I wrote a book called Reset. And I feel like that word is like so prevalent in my life right now of just like everything is being reset in my life of just, man, where is my hope found? Where is my joy found? Why do I do what I do? Um, and I just think, man, when you have a year where everything slows down, it really just forces you to come back to what actually matters. And so I've just been loving this season, you know, even though it's been an incredibly hard season, I just think I will forever look back at this year as a year that really 
changed me and in some ways maybe even saved me from, yeah, just kind of like the endless busyness of life and ministry. So, so yeah, I would just say like, man, just coming back to Jesus and, and specifically even in this season, it's like, I have just been finding really a lot of joy in seeing Christmas through this lens of coming out of a year like we've had. I don't know that in my lifetime, there has ever been a more, uh, I don't know, relevant, like feeling of maybe what it somewhat felt like that first Christmas. Mm. Because Jesus didn't enter the world into this like great situation. It was a really rough situation, right? I mean, it was tax collection and a baby born out of wedlock and right. born into a, a cereal bowl for donkeys, yeah. you know, in a manger, yeah. Yeah. in a stable. And it's like, you know, we love the warm fuzzies of Christmas, but man, it's like, man, Christmas is about a desperate need for a savior. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's where so many of us are at this year. Absolutely. It's been the craziest years, but I love how you said it's kind of brought you back and reminded you, where's your hope? Where's your joy? How do you, how do you deal with these moments? I know you're a go-getter. Like I said, I've been to many, many of your events. I was with you guys in 2016. At, that was together 16, wasn't it? In, in DC. And so to go from, yeah. oh, praying for a million people to be on the National Mall to you guys did, well, I won't remember all of the events, but uh, the Twin Cities, was that Pulse Twin Cities or Unite Twin Cities at US? Yeah, Pul- Pulse Twin Cities. Yeah, we did a lot of Unites at Nariuchi, but Pulse Twin Cities was yeah, May of 18 at the stadium there. And yeah, so it's been a while. Yeah, lots of big rallies, lots of small rallies. Just lots of lots of events, period, with right. live audiences. Yeah. So to go to uh social distance slash gathering is a political statement. Like this is a very different world yes. that we're living in. And what's what's been so cool to watch you guys and your team is although you couldn't do all of your live events, you've done a lot of virtual events and you are still pushing the gospel forward, you are still reaching people's lives. And we've used, we've adapted or adopted, I guess is a better word, from John Acuff, the Christian author. When this all started, he said, pivot, don't panic. And I feel like you and your team have done extremely well at that pivoting, not panicking. Okay, so you can't do a large rally or even a small rally for that matter. You can still put the gospel forward by doing events online. So I appreciate you guys doing that. It inspired us here at Rise, honestly, to do a lot of things differently this year online. So I appreciate that you guys kind of took the lead in that and just got after it and decided, you know what, we might not be on the National Mall, we might not be at US Bank Stadium or in a backyard, but the gospel's still gonna go forward. So Yeah, for sure. No, I appreciate that, Rob. And you know, as you know, it's like God um, you know, he pricks things in your heart and moves you in a direction that, you know, we all kind of try to take credit for, and yet we can't take any credit for it. I mean, so we began this year, like we had been planning for two years for, you know, together 2020. And so we had June 20th booked on the national mall. We had been, you know, 50, I don't know, a hundred trips into DC, 
you know, rallying around it, a team that was on the ground, a team that was living there for 12, 18 months. Wow. Um, you know, had to shift the dates, but it, but that was one of 150 live events we had planned this year. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think by the time 2020 will end, I think we'll, we will have done 10 of those events that we plan to do and probably 50 events and 400 digital things that, you know, weren't on our thoughts and radar at all, you know? And so right. it's like, right. I mean, I, I was just talking to our team recently and pulse, you know, we're headquartered now. We have an office in still in Fargo where we started, but we're headquartered downtown Minneapolis. And, uh, you know, we have team members in different parts of the country, some in New York, some in Chattanooga, some in DC, and then actually a, a small team, even in Kiev, Ukraine. But, wow. um, but we were, you know, we were just reflecting and just saying, man, like, I don't think there's ever a year that I can look back on that just feels so God ordained of like, just any success we have. The only explanation is like, God did that. Cause he pivoted us to things that weren't on our radar. There wasn't even an idea for it. You know, we did this leader check-in, we did a good Friday Easter outreach. We did Bible quarantine you know, I mean, there's just, I mean, there's 20 things I could list off and like none of them were even an idea, right? It's like, but, but even in that, you know, I love, I love even the heart of this podcast because I actually going back to March when the pandemic hit, I really felt like because of coming out of, for me, what was a really tremendously hard season mm. personally and as a family I mean, it's like everything kind of stacks on top of each other. I've just had two years of like really hard situations. Feels like I've probably had the 10 hardest things of my life happen in the last, you know, 30 months of my life. Wow. And, um, you know, and so it's like you start to hope that you're like, you know, you're just kind of doing the tap out on the mat. You're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> uncle. Uncle, 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 you know, I just, I mean, earlier this year, I just, I, I was honestly like even afraid of God. Like, I just was like, I felt like I was on his dartboard and, um, and I know that that wasn't the case, but you know, sometimes that's how it feels. But, yeah. but all that to say, like when March came and everybody was panicking because of this pandemic and because of the very real possibility of sickness and death, because that's what, People were so afraid, right? And um, I just felt like because of what I had been coming out of, that I had been given kind of a six-month head start on where the rest of the world was now just arriving at. And so it's like I, you know, and I know we'll we'll talk about this at some point, but I have uh, I come from a family of five. You know, my parents are still together, older sister, younger brother. Um, I'm still in my 30s. Uh, but my sister was late thirties and uh, healthy, healthiest, honestly, healthiest person in our whole family, mm. always exercised, has always eaten well, uh, super kind spirit. And back in September of 19, uh, or maybe August, September went in with a stomach ache. Um, not sure what's going on, just stomach ache and, you know, whatever issues find out she has you know, terminal cancer, pancreatic cancer. And, um, you know, so we went on a six cancer tour of America, battling every place we could from Houston and MD Anderson to Mayo mm -hmm. in both Minnesota and Arizona. 
every kind of treatment, the most horrible things you've ever experienced, seeing a loved one, you know, she was already a tiny person, lost 50 pounds, ended up looking like a Holocaust survivor. And, uh, you know, and, and I just would say like, but that six months for me, it was like coming face to face with like my own like battle with, man, do I believe heaven is better? Mm. And do I believe that God is good even when the worst things happen? And, uh, and so it's like, cause I say heaven's better and I say, I believe heaven's better. But when the reality comes of like now a loved one of mine, it, there's a very real possibility they're going to be torn from this earth and brought to heaven. I don't live like that's better. Mm. Right. I, I live like, no, it's better for her to be with me. This is my big sister. Yeah. Right. And uh, on February 17th, she, you know, died and, um, you know, sitting at her hospice, you know, she turned 40 in hospice. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, and just watching your loved one literally suffocate to death. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's like trauma upon trauma, but, but I just would say like, there still is pain and sorrow and brokenness in that. But I would say out of that brokenness, came a very quick response because it was just so clear to me that like Jesus and the word of God, they have been the only things that have carried me through this season. And so it's like, man, these are the things we have to be pushing forward, right? you know, for the nation and the world right now. And so, yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, you look back at all this, it's like pain, right? And, and nobody wants it. I wish I wish I could say that I have learned a lot in my life through the good times, but sadly, it mostly takes the really, really horrible times for me to, you know, learn what God wants to tell me and what God wants to teach me. And, and, uh, and I just, it, it has been a blessing to be able to, in a short amount of time, see like, cause, cause I would literally say like, if you're saying, that rise was inspired by what pulse did. I would say pulse wouldn't have done what we did if my sister hadn't died. Mm. Um, if my sister hadn't have died, we would have started the pandemic exactly like everybody else on earth, which was kind of in shock mode. Uh. And, and then it's like 30, 60 days of trying to pivot and respond. But for us, it was like the second it hit, it was like, we have to start doing this stuff. And so, recorded 48 episodes of this bible quarantine and wow. leader check-in happens good friday happens and we had you know we we had 150 million people that we know of hear the gospel in a series of three weeks wow. and um you know 130,000 plus respond to the gospel and like none of those things would have been even like i literally don't think any of that happens Right. If my sister doesn't go through what she did and I still selfishly would choose my sister over that. Right. <laughs> you know, right. But I know that my sister, if she had the option of Jenny, your life can be for this, mm-hmm. you know, she would have done that in a second. Cause that's who my sister was. Wow. And, um, and so, yeah, I do just think like God works all things together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purposes. And so it's true. I appreciate you being so real and honest. It is through the tragedy so often that God teaches us lessons, reveals lessons, whatever word you want, you want to use. But to say that, you know, because of your sister passing, that that in 
inspired you guys to go. The gospel is so important to go forward. We've got to do this. And then, as you said, not only did her suffering and her her brokenness. Now, the beautiful part of the hurt of that story is she was a believer. She's walking the streets of gold, no more pain, no more suffering, no more tears. And as you said, 150 million people hear the gospel, 130,000, I think you said, respond to the gospel. You inspire our organization, which doesn't reach near that many people, but it reaches other people. It inspires us to do different programs, new programs. So her life, oh, wow, the impact that it had through going through, yeah. through that suffering for, for the gospel yep. to go forward is is amazing. And yep. you have just pinpointed what this podcast is. It's enjoying the journey. And so often yeah. we forget the journey is difficult. It's hard. It's painful. And I appreciate you because you have been on many, many stages. You've been around some of the largest Christian leaders in the world to say I had to wrestle in my own heart. Do I believe heaven is better? Do I think God has a dartboard with my picture in the middle of it? To hear you say that, I have a smile on your my face. So you're thinking, oh, Rob, real nice, real nice. You're smiling. No, no but what, what that does to me is I so often feel that way. Something yeah. happens and it's because, oh, I'm on I'm on the naughty list now or my picture's yeah. on that dartboard. And so to hear that, no, that's not the case. And for listeners, they need to hear that. That's not the case. God works all things mm -hmm. for the good of those who love him. And I have wrestled with that verse most of my life and probably still. Yes. And so to be able to talk about that as as you've come through this, because it, it's only been since February. Have you been able to to find joy again or to, to work through that? Or where are you and God maybe at at this moment working <laughs> through this? Yeah. Yeah, well, God and I are still in conversation. <laughs> which is which is good. Which is really good. Yeah, we're still we're still in therapy. We're we're, <laughs> we're uh yeah, I mean I, I would just say like here's the thing. I I wear my feelings on my sleeve. So I, I am very much not a perfect Christian. Uh, I don't always say the right things when I hit my toe, you know, and I don't always turn to the best solutions when things are hard. Yeah. Um, you know, and even just as a little bit of background, I have battled with like clinical depression for most of my adult life, you know, so um i mean i'm talking medication and counseling and wow you know and 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 so like that's just like the journey of sadness and battling highs and lows and not being able to like know why and like on the best days i can just be tremendously sad hmm. and um you know and i i have just come to the place where it's like i am really thankful for that side of my life, even though it sucks. And anybody who goes through any kind of mental health battle knows how much it sucks. But like, I am so glad for, yeah, like just the way it's forced me to lean into the spectrum of human emotion and feeling like great pain gives you the ability to experience great joy. Mm -hmm. 
right? It's like the more you know darkness, the more you appreciate light. The more you know cold, the more you appreciate warmth, <laughs> right? Amen. As any of us up north know, yes. right? And I just think in some ways it's like, I'm thankful that I can be somebody that maybe somebody he says, wow, this is a ministry leader. This is a evangelist, pastor, whatever, who's saying he struggles with depression. Like, I didn't think Christians could struggle with depression. And I just want to say, man, I just think that is nonsense. Right. You know, if this wasn't a Christian podcast, I might even say it's BS. <laughs> Go ahead. You know, I, I just, I just think it's like, man, it's like people struggle, like people battle. Emotions are real. Like God made you to have feelings and, you know, and I think the church historically has done a really bad job of trying to sugarcoat problems Yeah, and just say, oh, you don't have enough faith. And, and I can't even tell you how, like that for me, the healing I need to do with my sister, it has way more to do with healing because of Christians mm -hmm. than it has to do with healings I have to do with God. Like, yes, am I still upset at God because he didn't heal my sister? I'll probably be upset with God about that till I die. Right. You know, because I love my sister. Like this was my like day one. Right. This was like yeah. my first friend, wow. you know, this is sharing a bunk bed and she was my number one prayer supporter, number one encourager, nicest person I've ever known wow. in my life. And, um, you know, and so like, yeah, losing somebody like that, like inevitably rocks to you. And the, the, the effect it has on my little brother, the effect it has on my parents, the effect it has on my kids, sure. you know, seeing my kids not have their auntie anymore. Right. Um, seeing my, you know, seven-year-old son cry, um, missing his auntie, you know, and like I was putting Christmas ornaments up and one said, you know, we have a newborn and he was born in December. He's, he's again, turned one here. He's not a newborn anymore, but sure. you know, it's like the gift of God to have life in the midst of death that, you know, to have this like newborn and then my sister battling terminal cancer at the same time, mm -hmm. just like holding on to the two spectrums of life at once. And I was putting up this ornament and it said, Merry Christmas, Jude, love auntie Jenny, Christmas, 2019. This is just like four days ago. I'm just like bawling, you know, putting up Christmas ornaments. And, um, and yeah, so like those pains and like, I've just been encouraged like with counseling and whatever that like, man, when you cry, like that's not bad. Like your tears show that you care. Yeah. Right. It shows how much something means to you. Like, and trying to pretend like it doesn't mean something to you is only going to hurt you and hurt others. Like, cause you don't stuff that and pretend, but like God does trade beauty for ashes. He does give joy. Like without a question, I hold my kids tighter and I love people better because of what I went through with my sister, because all of us, man, we don't live like life is a vapor. We live like we have forever. Right. We take people for granted, yep. right? Like I take my wife for granted, my children for granted, my friends for granted. And it's like, man, there's nothing like death to wake you up to be like, man, are you hugging them like you should? Right. Like do the things matter in your life? You know, when somebody in your life is dying, like it really puts into perspective, like all of the stupid things you care about that don't matter. Mm. 
and you're just like, man, whether like this much money or that much money, like who cares? Whether this thing happens exactly how I want or not how I want, does that really matter? Right. Like the things that we get strung up about, you know, and then it gets even to petty things like the Black Friday sale I wanted didn't happen you know i mean it's just like and these are things that people get really upset about right my neighbor's really ticking me off because they're not mowing their grass it's like it doesn't matter no. like you know what matters people yeah and you know what matters is eternity and um and man it's like the more we can grow closer to that and that reality because that is reality yeah right like the the, the nonsense of this life is that we live like this life is it. Yes. Like if you think about it, it's the craziest thing in comprehension that we would place so much value on such a small finite amount of time when we have an eternity before a holy God, mm -hmm. right? Like if we could get our minds in that reality, I just think like we would live so different. And there would be so much more freedom in our lives right. and so much more perspective about what matters. Our conversations would be different. And so that is the place that I'm at of like, just, I would say, I feel more urgency for souls. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel more urgency in my calling as an evangelist. Like, like there's a lot of things that I've done and pulse has done just because people told us we should do it. And it's like good Christian things. But like more and more now, I'm like, man, I'm an evangelist. Like if it's not resulting in lost people knowing Jesus or save people sharing Jesus, then I don't want to be a part of it right. because there are plenty of good Christian things with good Christian messages for good Christian people to keep doing their good Christian things. And it's like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to do what other people can do. I want to. Like, man, if you know Jesus, you have to share Jesus. Right. If you know Jesus, there's neighbors and friends and family members that are going to die and go to hell if you don't step in, right? And if you don't know Jesus, then I want to give my life and I want to work the long hours and I want to put in the blood, sweat and tears and I want to lay down my life if that's what it takes for you to know that you are loved by God and that this life is not it there is sees you and loves you and take it from a broken guy. Right. Right. I don't, I, I never share the guy with somebody who's like, I have it all together. So look at me. And I'm like, man, I'm a broken man struggled with everything under the sun. Who's questioned everything. And I desperately need a savior. And this is the greatest solution, the greatest leader, the greatest friend. He's the only answer. And so, man, if you're looking for that hope and that eternity, like this is it. So come with me. Like, this is, I, he's the answer. Like, we can go, just don't get in front of me because I was here before you. Um, you know, but it's just like, yeah. man, yeah. Jesus is it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think you're sharing all of it. And so how do you enjoy a journey? You put Jesus in the equation. And at times we put him in front. At times we put him in the side, on the side. And at times selfishly we put him behind us but but the point is to find joy in the journey in the brokenness in the questions in the fears and the anxieties it is jesus and yeah you have spent well your adult life from what i have seen sharing that and it has inspired us 
And to hear what you're say, saying today inspires me in so many ways, because if we're honest as Christian leaders, evangelists, individuals, we all compare ourselves to everybody else. That's part of where our yeah. inequality comes in or we don't feel adequate, that kind of stuff. So to hear you say, oh, I, yep. can, I wrestle. Oh, I finally feel normal again for a little for a little while. Yes, Two yes. Conversations yes. today. I had two great yes. leaders, you being one of them, and another uh, gal I was on the phone with who's an author said, Rob, I think you and I were twins at birth, but we were just born in different families. And I'm like, really? Yes. Somebody feels the way I do that you don't measure yes. up, you're not good enough. And being yes. real and honest and wearing your emotions on your sleeve is a good thing. Recently, I said in a yeah. church service or to a friend, we don't have time to not be real anymore. We just don't. We, we don't. we don't have time to sugarcoat everything and to not talk about what's real and not to talk about what hurts us and not to talk about, you know what, at times I question God about this decision. As you said, I will probably wrestle with God the rest of my life since he took my sister. Even though he has led so many people to himself through it, I will still wrestle with it. And I think people hearing that and saying, that's okay. It's okay. You're still having a conversation with God. You're still wrestling with God. You're still trying to go deeper with God. I think is huge. I, I do. And I think yeah. you have been one of the Christian leaders I look to a lot to go through that and, and to figure it out. And one thing you did, it was before Together 2016, you had invited some people out. And I think it was you did a smaller event, small meaning still five, six, seven yeah. people on the yep. National Mall beforehand and a storm came in and everybody had to leave. Right. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, months of time put into this. Everybody's here. And actually, Alan Green and myself were arguing over whose fault it was that the storm showed up because I was there, yes. and, was there and we're so used to storms with festivals. Yes. He goes, yes. I think it's because of me. I said, no, no, you don't get credit for this one. I think it's because I'm here. But don't tell Nick or he won't. <laughs> so the storm, yes. storm comes in. You, Everybody makes it safely. But then you go back on the stage. It wasn't together, but it was before. And you said, yeah. and I'll never forget it because I get so frustrated when my plans don't come together after working on something for so long. You yeah. said, you know what? God must have needed somebody in that taxi cab to talk to that person at that moment. And that's why the storm came in or God needed, didn't need, but God wanted this to happen or that yeah. happening. You went back on that stage just as positive as ever, even though everything had been disrupted. Part of the crowd didn't come back. And I'm just thinking mm -hmm. now that's a perspective. That's a perspective I need to hold on to that. Mm -hmm. I can't control everything. And when everything gets out of my control, yes, I can get a little upset, sh shake my fist at God. But at the end of the day, he's still in control and it's still for his glory. And so I really appreciated that. And that's what I hear you saying today is we may not be in control. We may not have all the answers. The other thing that I feel you have uh, kind of opened the door to is it's okay to need others. Mm. It's okay to rely on others. It's okay mm. to get counseling if you need counseling. It's okay mm. to say, I'm not okay. It's okay to say, brother, 
I need you to pray for me right now. I need you to lift me up because I can't do it at this moment. I'm, I'm broken and I'm hurt. I think we as Christians think we have to have it all figured out. We got to do it on our own. And if we show any, any amount of weakness, we're tossed to the curb. And what I'm hearing is, no, you you do need others. You need Christian brothers and sisters, team members, family members to hold each other. And it's okay to ask for help. I have wrestled with most of my life asking for help. I don't like it, but it's part of where I'm at. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. And when you allow somebody else to be a part of your story, it does bless them as well. And what I mean by that today, by you being on our podcast, by you sharing, by you opening up and being real, it's blessing me. I know it's blessing Parker, who's in the room, and I know it's going to bless our listeners because we can't we can't do it alone. And so when we share stories, yeah. it just it opens things up into a whole new level. So I, I want to say to listeners out there today, if you're wrestling with, I can't ask for help or I look weak or I cry in front of people or what that's okay that's okay mm-hmm. you, you don't mm-hmm. need to do it on your own you don't you're not supposed to do it on your own that yes. person that God has put in your life let them in a little bit stop putting the wall up and, and see what yes. God's gonna do yes and so I appreciate mm-hmm. all of that and I know you you have learned or have spent time with some of the pillars of the faith I call them and so I know you got mm-hmm. to spend some time with, with Billy, Billy Graham, which, you know, when I was a kid, I couldn't stand that name. I hate to say that out loud because it would disrupt <laughs> watching a football game or a TV show or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And now today, I wish I would have had five or ten minutes with him at some point in yeah. my life. Never happened. But what a what a giant in the faith. I know you got to, to spend some time with him personally. What? what what was that like? Yeah, man. And I just, I just want to round back even to what you were just saying. Like, I just, there's three things I think that are like, these are the three, let's say three legs of the Christian faith. And I think it's the word of God, the people of God and the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just right. think those are three things that man, you need to be in the Bible. Like that is an anchor in your life. If you're not in the Bible, it will impact everything in your life. And if you're in the Bible, it will impact everything in your life. So like Bible reading is so crucial because it's where we know God, the unfiltered God that our emotions can't twist and make in our image. Right. Right. And it's where we meet the people of God who are broken like us, who struggle like us, who go through all kinds of crap like us. I even at some point I want to write a book and have it be like the title is going to be the great heroes of the Bible, but it's going to be the heroes is going to be crossed out. And it's going to say the great sinners of the Bible, mm-hmm. because I just think that like we imagine that the people God uses are these amazing people. Right. But the reality is actually that they're a bunch of messed up people just like us. Right. And the Bible is the perfect example of that. Right. You mentioned people. Like when I say people of God, yes, I mean the church and you need to have a church. But more than that, like church was supposed to be a tight knit group where you couldn't hide your flaws. Right. And so it's like you know close enough in your life that you can't have a double life. Right. 
you need people close enough in your life that they are going to be there. And like, they need you and you need them and you will not make it without them. Right. And then the third part is this, the spirit of God. Like, and this is something that as an evangelical growing up, I didn't understand. Holy spirit's kind of scary, weird, Yeah. you know, but like just, there's this third person of the Trinity. That's like, was what Jesus said. It's better for me to leave. Cause you will receive power. You will receive a comforter. Like literally that Jesus would say that it's better for you not to be with me because if you're only dependent on being with me, then it's only if I'm with you, but like something better than being with you is being in you. Right. right? And so I'm going to give the third person Trinity is going to indwell you. And so I just think the more we lean into those three things, I think is so key. So in this, like the people of God and heroes of God. So Billy Graham, uh, I would describe Billy Graham. It's funny because I would describe like the two and people, this might be controversial for some people to hear, but I would describe like the two most influential meetings I've had mm-hmm. with people who were such great giants and yet were so incredibly humble. And at least my impression was like so incredibly Christ-like was Billy Graham and Pope Francis. Mm-hmm. And I just would say like both of these men would like command any room they were in on earth, right? Like people would just, you know, your royalty, your preacher of preachers, you're the greatest evangelist that ever lives, yeah. or you're the Pope, you're the head of a billion <laughs> people on earth. Right. And, um, you know, and yet like just how much like Billy Graham, I mean, he just was so such just a humble man who just loved Jesus. And, and I just never forget. I, I got to take my wife and, and son when he was a newborn and so it's literally, it was probably seven and a half years ago. I was at, at Billy Graham, Dr. Graham's house in Montreat and uh, got to spend an hour or more just sitting in his living room. And, you know, and I went in and I listed every question I want to ask Billy mm-hmm. Graham, you know, and I just, I was told, you don't know, you might not have, you might not want to talk. You might be whatever, because his health was oh. failing. And I'd been around him a few times before this. But I, you know, I just asked him about marriage, asked him about success. I asked him about how do you battle struggles? How do you, you know, and literally like every question I asked Billy Graham, the answer was some version of you need to spend time with Jesus, you know? And at first I was like, is he senile? You know, (laughs) does he not, you know, and yet, and yet it was like, but then I just could see it in his eyes that like, Every answer was different, but every answer was exactly the same. So, oh man, that is so tough to be a good husband. You really, the only way to do that is really spend a lot of time with Jesus. Wow. And it's like, oh, you know, how do you be a good evangelist? How do you reach as many as possible? You know, oh man, that is really tough. You know, I've just found that if I don't spend time with Jesus, wow. I just cannot make it. You know, and it's just like everything was like, and it's like, wow, okay, huh. This is, this really is, you know, a phone of, of his life. And, but I just would say Billy Graham was just a normal guy. You know, I've, I've also been blessed to get close enough that I hear uh, people talk about sometimes he had a temper mm. and I hear that, you know, sometimes he overreacted on things and he had to have people that were a buffer for him or, you know, and it's like, yeah. Because I just think it's one of the most discouraging things can be, and you said this, but you put people on such a pedestal 
right or the image that they put out is so bulletproof that it's like like i i would describe like some of the old biographies of these men and women of god like like yes read their biographies it's great but i also was like man this is like making me incredibly depressed these people are all perfect right you know like like i don't want to read about all the awesome stuff you did i want to read about when your marriage almost failed right like i want to read about when you almost became an atheist like yeah i want to read about you know yeah i want like i want to read the stories of like the i don't know it's just like those are the stories that like man how do you not do that yes you know how do you you know because it's like man it's like it's not even believable because we just know like we are a fallen people and we all do stupid things you know (laughs) but it's like god works in spite of us period yes only explanation people want to elevate people people want to make celebrities out of people but man the bigger you get the harder you fall and it's like and we are just we need a savior and so you know billy graham was an incredibly faithful individual who was able to stay focused I would say largely because God protected him and largely because he had the right people around him, you know, to help him discern God's voice. And so it's a good model of like time with God. It's a good model of really strong accountability. And um, yeah, and just a man who knew who he was and wasn't and was going to, was, it wasn't going to dip into what other people wanted him to do. Right. You know, that's the other thing people don't remember about Billy Graham is like, Billy Graham was like despised for a lot of his career. Mm. Like Billy Graham had, you know, conservative religious leaders were writing open letters, borderline saying Billy Graham was a false teacher because he was associated with Catholics. Uh And so like he would be doing these massive events and let leaders from some of the biggest Christian colleges in the nation and denominational heads are writing open letters and publishing them in newspapers Mm. saying, don't join Billy Graham, you know? And then simultaneously, his whole career, he had people criticizing him for not being involved enough in, let's say, justice work, or he wasn't involved enough in politics, or he didn't speak out against social, a lot of social issues. Like, mm-hmm. you know, even, even like when it came to like Roe v. Wade or marriage issues, like Billy was really focused on Jesus died for everybody. Right. People need Jesus. Yeah where you are, what you're from, you know, and he was criticized for that. And so people forget that people think he had this great, you know, and it's like history loves to remember like the good parts. And then they love to say, Oh, these current, you know, but man, he just was, he had one message, you know, that my favorite Billy Graham story is he used to say he had this guy come up and criticize him and say, you know, I heard you speak 30 years ago and you gave the same message. (laughs) You bummed. Yeah, you know yeah. and um and he said that is the greatest compliment i've ever received right i only have one message right you know and it's like it was john it was jesus you need jesus yep you know jesus died for you the bible says the bible says the bible says you know and it's i just think it's like man that's like where are those preachers today where are those evangelists today like evangelists have not gone extinct but the church has stopped utilizing the evangelist. Right. And so I just really think that one of the main reasons I believe that churches don't grow 
and that evangelism isn't a priority and that we are losing ground in our culture. One of the main reasons, way bigger than politics or socialism or whatever else, is that, man, the gospel isn't a priority. Mm-hmm. And we have lost sight of this gift that God gave the church. And, uh, and it wasn't supposed to be celebrity, and that's the fault of evangelists. But it is like, man, God created us to need each other. And one of those vehicles is people who are on earth to preach the gospel and equip the church to preach the gospel. And the Bible calls that an evangelist. So absolutely, you may not like them, but we need them. We need them. We definitely need them. Need them and we need you. You have been a wonderful, influential Christian leader. You probably don't like to hear that because you, you feel your flaws and, and all of that, but you, you need to know that you and your team have been extremely influential and I do believe that your heart bleeds the gospel going forward. That doesn't mean that if your wife came and joined this podcast at this very moment, she wouldn't tell me a different story. Not that that would change, but just that, oh, he's more real than what you realize and he struggles. You know, there's often times when I'm out in the public and somebody says hi to me and then I'm thinking, did they hear me yell at my kid just a minute ago? Or <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> Whatever. So yes. I, I just appreciate you being so real and honest with us today. And then the the last question I just have is, what would you like our listeners to take away today? What what is what is something when you when you consider enjoying the journey? What's something you'd like them to to hold on to? Yeah, I mean, I would just say that for those listening right now, I just want you to know that God is pleased with you as you are seeking Him. And like, I just know that there's nobody who's listening to this right now that, man, you're, you're listening to this because you're trying. Mm-hmm. You're listening to this because you want to do the right things. And I just think it's important that you hear that God is p- proud of you. And he's not proud of you because you try hard or because you're perfect, but he just loves you as his son or daughter. And I just would encourage you that the more that you can fall in love with a God who doesn't love you more because of what you do or less because of where you fail, but just loves you because he does. I think the more you will find freedom to be who he's made you to be. And in that there aren't any shortcuts, right? It's like any other friendship. If you want joy on the journey, you got to have, you know, the right companion. You got to have the right guide. You got to have the right content that you're taking in. And so, man, you need that time with your savior. And it's not so you can hear the rules and regulations, but it's, man, it's just because it's better. Yeah. So whether you think of it as good soundtrack in the car on your road trip or a good map to get you where you need to go, like whatever the illustration that's important to you is like, man, you were not created to make it without his help and without others being by your side. So you're loved. He's proud of you and man there's people in your life that need jesus and god's going to use you to bring the gospel to them amen wow this was this was awesome probably could talk for another hour just oh no thanks so much it was so thought provoking and just real just appreciate it appreciate you guys want to see pulse continue to do amazing things to reach others with the gospel and 
Thanks for giving us so much time today. Thanks for tuning in to the Enjoying the Journey podcast, brought to you by Rise Ministries. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and to follow Rise Ministries on any of our social media channels. Thanks for listening.